Welcome to the Splinters Podcast from the team on the bench. Community Radio's leading no-holds-barred Friday night sports show. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host, the Lord Mayor, Keith Topolsky. And a very good evening to you on Splinters on Triple H 100.1 FM. TripleHFM.com.au You might be listening to us at podcasts.com, Spotify, Tune in, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. All good podcasts, plenty of bad ones as well. The Lord Mayor with you on this Tuesday evening. It is ice hockey this weekend. The Australian Women's Ice Hockey League has the finals weekend at the O'Brien Ice House in Melbourne on Saturday and Sunday. Two semi finals Saturday, a third place playoff, and a grand final on Sunday. And hockey, well, when it comes to North American sports, things tend to be done in reverse order. Normally you'd have the minor premiers playing last and the home team listed first, but not in this situation because in ice hockey there are teams that travel to other venues or in this situation we say that Team X is at Team Y. And in this case, Team 1 will be playing first against Team 4 and Team 2 against Team 3 will be the second game at the O'Brien Ice House this Saturday. As I say, we're going reverse order. So in hockey, a team travels to another team. So we're going to start with the fact that even though it's at the O'Brien Ice House in Melbourne, it will be the Melbourne Ice at the Adelaide Rush Technically speaking, we're joined by almost the leading penalty taker for the Melbourne Ice, Nicole Jones. Nicole, good evening. Welcome to Splinters. Good. Hi, how are you? I am very well, thank you. I just have to start off by asking the leading penalty minute taker almost for the Melbourne Ice. That's that's an interesting title that you have there. Is it because you play a little bit rough and tumble or do you think that other teams sort of have their eye on you and try and draw penalties by making it maybe going maybe going down on the ice a little bit easier than what they might otherwise do? Oh, well, I would certainly hope not, but um, it's probably just a combination of, of things. I do tend to play um, just, you know, get in there, get the job done type of mentality uh, and play hard, work hard. Sometimes it doesn't necessarily um, get the result that I want, Um it might just be how it looks or how it comes across. But, you know, I think um, this year I've actually probably tried to think about um, just how I'm playing and even though it probably doesn't look like it because I'm still um, up there in the penalty minutes. But um, I've always played this type of hockey even back in Canada. So it's hard to change, especially the first uh, few years. Um, but I would I would like to think that people appreciate how I play hockey and not necessarily see it as um, that I'm, you know, dirty or anything like that per se, but that I just go in there and sometimes, um, you know, maybe put a bit too much body in or maybe it's a, a roughing decision. There's so many different factors and it's hard to kind of sum it all up together, but I, I do... Um, it is unfortunate sometimes, <laughs> I guess, but sometimes it can't. Um, you can't do anything about it. You can't change the rest of mine. So, um, yeah. That sort of play, though, has delivered the Melbourne Ice success in the past, and it's sort of been, I wouldn't call it a write-off season because you've made the playoffs comfortably. You finished third in the standings, but certainly based on what we saw last year out of the Melbourne Ice, to finish third and at one point in the season looking like you might have been caught up in the muck down at the rear end of the standings, the regular season, even given the way it finished with two regulation wins over the Adelaide Rush, is it a disappointing finish to the regular season, do you think? No, I, I don't think so at all. I think that, um, like any game, you know, there's winners and there's losers and you have to be prepared to lose um, just as great it is to, to win a game and Obviously, other years they've come out on top of the table or second. Um, but I think in in this league, um, not not many teams like we don't really have the luxury of having you know same players each year. So it can be from having different imports to um, people of different life things happening that take them away from the team. Um, so it's kind of you always have a core group, but you're always working with new people, new lines. Um, and I, I think we've played with a lot of uh, 
determination and grit this year and, you know, had a, a few comebacks, which was really great, especially in Perth, um, even though we didn't get the win. Um, but it was great to see that we could really get down and, and get the job done if um, one needed. And like other games, you know, sometimes you, you can't put it in the back of the net. We had lots of chances. Um, you know, when we were in Brisbane, we ended up losing a game. But um, with loss comes the ability to reflect and kind of build on that. So, no, I, I think we've actually had a really great year, and um, I'm really proud of how the team has developed. You did mention that situation in Perth uh, a couple of weeks ago. What was the feeling on the ice at that time when you were going into overtime and playing three-on-three? Were you aware that there might have been a bit of a situation or was it more that you were on autopilot and, okay, we'll go and play three-on-three and see what happens? Yeah, I, I, um, thinking back, I think I was a bit on autopilot. Like, at first I thought, oh, we're doing shootout. And then they went to three on three and so we just got ready didn't really I didn't think too much into it um but obviously after the aftermath is um they've said that it was probably the wrong decision or it was the wrong decision we should have had the shootout right away and not gone into overtime so that mistakes happen I guess and it was unfortunate especially if you didn't end up with the win but um it is I guess it is what it is. You know, you just move forward and, and look to that to look to learn from from those decisions, you know. And you certainly did move forward, taking the Adelaide Rush in two regulation wins a couple of weekends ago on home ice. Was that something that you really went in looking at, not just obviously trying to win, everybody's trying to win, but at the same time knowing that if you could get two regulation wins over the rush, that would mean that you would get them in the playoffs again and maybe have that little bit of a mental edge over them. Yeah, I mean, of course it was great to um, to obviously win both games going into then playing them first in the finals. Um, but I think going into the game first and foremost, it was a bit, um, it's a bit tricky because some teams we end up playing twice, like Sydney, we've played at home and we played away. Um, same with Perth. And because of the logistics of the league and the time and different constraints, I'm sure we don't have the opportunity to play everybody home and away. Um, so what you go on a, a lot of just how they've played other teams and looking back at footage. Um, so, I wasn't quite sure what to expect um, playing Adelaide because, um, as we know, in the past they haven't they've they've lost key players or they haven't had a great winning streak um, in previous years. And this year they've obviously hadn't lost um, a game in and oh sorry they did lose one after overtime or after shootouts. But um, you know they're obviously going to be a force to be reckoned with. So I think it kind of made us. Um, step up and, and know that we didn't have, you know, a period or, or two to kind of figure it out. We had to go in and go hard. Um, they're a really quick team and they're really great at passing. So we had to kind of look at what systems um, we want to put in place in order to, um, I guess, be have a, have a great game just from the start. And, um, yeah, we went out, we did that, and they... I from a, a team point of view from you know from our team, it was just a really great way um, to see how far we've come and a great way to end the season, obviously. But like as in Perth, when we won the first game, I think we're really mindful going to the second game not to just be um, you know to take our foot off the the gas for even a second. That we had to go out there and we had to to play the entire game. We had to play really hard. So. It was a really tough game. Um, both games were. And that focus on just getting the job done, as you mentioned a couple of times there and earlier, is that something that you've been focusing on with the penalty kill? Because looking at the special teams, it's a little bit difficult to get your head around exactly what the Melbourne Ice have been doing this season, focusing on the home statistics at the moment, because even though you're going to be the team that doesn't get the last change, at least against the rush, depending on what happens, you may be able to get that last change on the Sunday. But certainly at home, you've got the league's worst power play, but on the penalty kill, you've got the best penalty kill 
in the league at home at 84%, but only 15.6% on the power play. Where does that discrepancy come from? Because I would have thought that a power play would have been a more lethal unit than the penalty kill, given what we've seen from Melbourne in the past. Yeah, um, I guess it's... uh Oh, there's there's lots of different factors. I think one probably being it is um, a bunch of different uh, power play units that are going out there. So obviously every year it can change. Um, other teams probably have maybe a bit more um, of a units that are going through, and they have uh, different set plays. I think in the last few games we have improved on our, our power play units. Um, like Georgia Moore scoring a few goals from um, from the left side and um, just probably moving the puck a little bit better. But uh, I don't really have an answer for you why why we haven't really produced on the, the power play. Um, and maybe with the penalty kill, we just know that we have to, like you say, get, get through those two minutes and um, work really hard. Uh, not that we don't work hard <laughs> the entire game, but... Um, I guess there's more, you know, you're trying to set up a play um, on the on the power play, and with the penalty kill, there is just that that one, like that one focus that you're just trying to get the puck out of your zone and down the other end. So, or you know, to waste time. But um, with the power play, it's probably just all of us working together and getting creative, but also having our our systems um, working for us. And just, um, yeah, I think we just haven't, maybe sometimes um, it hasn't come together how, obviously, how we wanted, but, I mean, always room for improvement. Because that shows up in the in the overall statistics as well across the 12 games. You're doing a lot less attacking than what you are defending. Going by the stats, you've got the fourth-ranked offense, which is second last in the league, only 50 goals across the 12 games, but you've got a league second-best 39 goals against on D. So there's clearly a defensive concentration there with the games that you are winning. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I guess... You know, we I'd say we do have quite a few shots on net. Like our, I, I don't know what the stats are um, exactly, but uh, Perth would be a great example. Um, same with when we played, um, oh, gosh, I can't remember who it was. But, but we're getting lots of shots off. It's maybe not necessarily sometimes that they are high um, scoring chances. So I think we need to adapt and, and change that, making sure that the shots, that we are taking um, are maybe more thought out and not just a shot on net. Um, and, you know, obviously the, the basics, like going in hard for the rebounds, um, looking for making two-on-ones. Um, two on um, and I think with our defensive side of play, uh, we are, we're good at going home and we're good at... Um, Kind of seeing what we need to do to refocus to to get the puck out. So and you know, our goalies and we're playing amazing as well. So um, like Michaela had a great game uh, last weekend or both games. She was unbelievable. And Janelle has played just phenomenal over the the entire season. So we're really lucky in that regard. Um, but yeah, we probably just need to put the puck in the net a bit more. Um, and you know, other years we've had different people and different abilities. So, you know, when we had Pink, she was amazing at playing the puck in the back of the net. And, um, you know, with with everybody has their strengths and different things that they bring to the team. So this year it's a different group of girls. And um, our defense is, is quite strong this year, which is great with um, Eads and Mika as new, new members to the team. So that's been a huge plus for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that you mentioned Michaela and Janelle because they are the second and third best goaltenders at the moment in terms of save percentage. Michaela Pears, 9-11. Janelle Carson, 8-93. So they're going to form a real core element in stopping the Adelaide rush. What else do you think is core to stopping the rush and getting the grand final berth on Saturday? Uh, for us, it'll be our attitude going into the game and just having that positive mindset and um, probably keeping our... Um, you know, we like to say, like, we're just having positive vibes on the team and, 
and gelling really well. So I think that is first and foremost. Like you're not going to win win games and win championships um, as individuals. So going as a team, and I think when we played Adelaide last weekend, it was, in my opinion, our our best team effort, um, where everybody was doing different roles and um, their own role first and foremost. So knowing their job and what they had to do, and um, we saw the success in that. So I think that's what we will need to do against Adelaide is, um, is keep that up, but also just use our strength of skating. I think we're a pretty quick team and um, we need to get in there and um, be first to the puck. You know, we have a few things that we have as our, you know, sayings for our team or um, uh, what would you call it? Like, um, I'm trying to think of the word like three words, three three sentences that we use. And so we want to make sure that we're being true to that for ourselves and being accountable. But basically the team ethos, I suppose, is probably the best way to describe that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So Certainly not a bad time to be getting hot just the weekend before the playoffs, though, is it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it came at a good time for us. So, um, you know, obviously we have to keep the momentum going. And um, I think we know that... Like, this league is, in fact, anybody's league, and and we can play just like everywhere else. We can play against any team, and we can come up on the, the winning end when we are doing everything right. And um, I think that at the end that we just feel proud of how we've, we played as a, as a team, as a unit, is most important, um, and that we back each other up. You know, we protect each other, and... Um, have each other's backs out there so whether that's getting open or um you know dropping back for a d that's rushing it or just just looking at what you can do to help the team um as well as do your role you know well it's certainly going to be an enthralling contest after the events of a couple of weekends ago at the o'brien ice house the melbourne ice and the adelaide rush nicole jones from the melbourne ice thank you so much for joining us this evening and best of luck on the weekend No worries, and thanks for asking. And from the Melbourne Ice, we head across to the team that they defeated a week and a little bit ago, the team that looked destined for the minor premiership until that last weekend of the season. I speak of the Adelaide Rush, and Captain Kirsty Venus joins us once again here on Splinters. Kirsty, good evening. Hi, Keith. How are you? I am very well, thank you. But more importantly, how are you after the situation against Melbourne? You look destined for top spot, and then a couple of regulation losses. Yeah, I know. I mean, um, obviously it's very it's disappointing, um, but we're looking onwards and upwards and we'd had a bit of time off the ice over Christmas and New Year, so I feel like that contributed quite a lot to um, how we performed on the weekend. Um, and of course, it would have been great to finish on top of the league, but at the end of the day, we're after the gold medal as well, so we've still got a second chance, I believe. So, What do you think was the main contributor aside from uh, that time away from the ice? Or do you think that that really was what hung the hat on? Did you feel like there was any complacency or um, feeling like you were going in to basically just take the minor premiership and it was a fait accompli? Or do you put it down just to that time away uh, over Christmas? No, definitely not. I mean, our attitudes going into it were that, you know, Melbourne Ice, as we know it, have always been one of the top teams in the league and we know not to expect anything like we went into it with a correct attitude and that we're just going to win we're going to have fun and we're going to you know play our hearts out but at the end of the day I think it was definitely um, the biggest factor was not having the ice time over the Christmas and New Year period that lack of time over Christmas, New Year, it's been an ongoing issue uh, across the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League for a few years. Do you think that you simply got caught at the wrong time and that everybody has been a victim of it? Or do you think that Adelaide might be in a little bit more of a difficult position uh, given that Sydney can move to other rinks and uh, Melbourne have the opportunity to have two rinks in the one building? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, from what I've heard through the grapevine, I'm, I'm not confirmed, but I heard that they, you know, been training a bit more than we had. Um, which, yeah, obviously, it's very unfortunate. We've got the one rink in Adelaide, and it's quite small. They have to sit in public sessions. Lots of other hockey teams, you know, fighting for the ice time. So um, it is. It's pretty tough. But um, and of course, actually, come to think of it as well, Melbourne played Perth the week before. So 
they kind of, I feel like they got their legs back that week before, whereas they were our first games going back into the new year. So um, I feel like that could have been a factor as well. That that comparison, I suppose, not reflection, but rather a comparison with what's happening in the NHL at the moment, the concept of the bye week is certainly something that the NHL teams and players are speaking about, and you seem to think that that's the same sort of thing that's happened there, because you had that extra week off at Christmas, and all the teams came back the week before, and you had to wait the extra week, that if you were perhaps in the situation that the Sirens were in, playing and then having the week off, you would have been better for it. Yeah, I think so. I feel like you just need to um, get back on top as soon as possible. Or even if we'd played, for example, say Brisbane or Perth and, you know, got out all of our... Um, I don't really know how to explain it, but, you know... get Blow out, out the cobwebs and just get all the rubbish out of the system and start yeah, again. <laughs> let the cobwebs out. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. So the the difficulty, particularly facing the ice, given that they did have a big win over the uh, the Perth Inferno, and then that uh, that interesting situation, which uh, we'll go into a little bit more in the second half of the program. Do you think that impacted on the ice at all, given that they went in, they had a big win over the Inferno, and then all of a sudden they came out only with a point in that second game? Do you think they were a little bit more fired up than usual? Probably. I mean, this. I really feel like this league is so unpredictable. Anything can happen. I mean, obviously, it's great news that Perth made it to finals, but, you know, at the start of the season, the way they were going, you thought that they'd be fifth. Um, so, yeah, anything can change, really. And, I mean, you know, people tend to, you know, pull, pull up the goods when they need it. So, um, I feel like, yeah, maybe Perth, but, I mean, Melbourne got a bit complacent and thought maybe they might have had it or that could have been them just, like, you know, dusting their cobwebs off, you know. So, yeah, it's just unpredictable league, really, I think. Now you've got the situation. You return back to Adelaide. A uh, little bit of towel between the legs and feeling perhaps a little bit sheepish. The Australia Day weekend to recuperate and then going back into the O'Brien Ice House where the Melbourne Ice caught you off guard. Is there motivation there to stick it up them on their home ice, even though you're going to have last change as the team that finished higher in the standings, and say, okay, you got us last time, but this isn't the way it is. Last year you might have been the champions, but there's a new <laughs> sheriff in town. Yeah, well, we, we're definitely um, really happy with how far we've come. You know, as finishing the season last year in fifth place, not even making the finals in your hometown um, to coming second I mean we're just so happy with our achievements already and we're such a positive team and we all going really well we're doing it for each other and we're having a great time and I believe we're we're still a work in progress like obviously we want we want to win gold and we want to succeed but um we're really happy with how far we've come as it is I think you mentioned that situation with the ice and coming so far. Is there any sort of motivation, given that, as you mentioned, you didn't get to play in the finals on your home ice last season, given the symmetry that Melbourne and Sydney were the dominant teams and they played a grand final in Adelaide last year, and all of a sudden Adelaide and Sydney are the dominant teams that might play a grand final in Melbourne this year? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it would be great. I don't want to speak too soon because I really feel like I don't want to jinx it or anything, but... We definitely stepped up our game since coming back from Melbourne and we're, we're trying to get in an extra... Well, we have been on the ice twice already this week as opposed to our one training session a week um, on the ice. And next week we've got a couple of extra training sessions as well. So we're definitely um, put it in that last-minute effort um, while we can and just trying to find ice time anywhere that we can. And we will turn now to the match this weekend rather than reflecting on what has been. Where do you think the Melbourne Ice, after what you saw of them a couple of weekends ago, where do you think you can get them this weekend? Where do you think you might be able to just spot a couple of things that you might be able to take advantage of that other teams might not? Um, well, to be honest, I mean, they did have um, a couple of good games on the weekend. I do notice that they... Individually, we might be able to get to them because they, I feel like they um, argue a lot and it's quite prevalent on the ice and I feel like sometimes if something's not going their way, they'll lose their head and that's where we need to stay composed and we really need to work together. Um, 
But yeah, other than that, just keep on it and like just make sure we've got we're going into the weekend with fresh legs and um, we're warmed up and we're mentally um, prepared. And, yeah, that's where I think we'll get them. I do take a little bit of interest in the way special teams might pan out because the Melbourne Ice on home ice, and it is their rink even though, as we mentioned, you're going to be technically the home team with the last change. They have the worst home power play in the league. And on the road, you've got the second best penalty kill. But then flip that around, you've got the worst road power play. And in terms of the penalty kill, they've got the best one at home. So is it really going to be a case of trying to force Melbourne to take those penalties to try and force something there simply because the Melbourne ice, when you do look at that uh, that power play, it's going to be a difficult thing for Melbourne to get anything going given that you guys are so good on the penalty kill. Yeah, I mean, we, we play an aggressive penalty kill and um, we do practice power play and penalty kill quite a lot at training. Um, preferably no penalties would be good but that obviously never happens when you've got two very competitive um, teams going head to head for you know there's only one spot at the end of the day um, so anything can happen but yeah definitely um, we, we need to stay out of the box I think the weekend is gonna and I'm bad for it myself sometimes you get caught up or it's not intentional sometimes you collide and things happen and the refs call things and things don't go your way, but that's, I guess, part of the game as well. So, Where do you see the goaltending featuring? Because I'm looking at the stats at the moment. Michelle Coonan uh, at the moment has the fifth best save percentage in the league, but the second and third top goaltenders, Michaela Pears and Janelle Carson, both from the Melbourne Ice, they're sitting second and third in terms of save percentage, 9-11 and 8-93. 9-11 in any league is not that bad, do, yeah. you, do you think that you're going to need to get more traffic to the net or do you think you've got to work Melbourne Ice around a bit more? What do you think will be the secret to putting the biscuit in the basket, as it were? Personally, I think we we sometimes have a tendency to make the goalies look good. I feel like we really need to focus a lot on moving the goalie as well as picking their weak spots. You know, I find that sometimes we get a bit rushed and we shoot at the goalie as opposed to around the goalie and finding the spots in the net. Um, so I have not a shadow of a doubt that we could easily light up their goalies any time. It's just that we have to be smart about it and we can't, you know, keep taking the shots at the goalie. And we need to make sure we're there for rebounds and things like that, which is all stuff that we're working on and um, working around as we train coming up to final. So it's more a case of rather than trying to take away their line of sight, you've really just got to start creating a bit more with the puck and move the Melbourne ice around and allow you to isolate the goaltender rather than just trying to get traffic in front, given the, the, I suppose, the accuracy of shooting when it comes to the opposition goaltender of late. Yeah, exactly. And one thing we did notice from Melbourne is that they do protect their goalie quite well. I feel like they collapse um, in the box quite a lot. Uh, so there is a lot of traffic between us shooting and then getting to the net. So I feel like that really helps uh, the goalie just by creating that traffic in front of the net. What do you think might be the preferred strategy going into the weekend? Do you feel like that this game could be a 9-7 game or it could be a 2-1? to one? Oh, I think it's going to be very close. I can I can feel it now. and it, I mean, I've played in um, finals, grand finals, in the past, and it's literally got down to the last second for it to, you know, for someone to win. And like I said before, it's unpredictable. Anything can happen. But I feel like we're two, we're, we're quite similar teams in, in terms of experience and depth. Um, so I feel like it will be a very close game, and we're going to have to work really hard to secure a spot in the grand final. Who do you think poses the biggest threat uh, for the ice on the ice on the weekend? They've got quite a few players. I'd say the the captain. I think I'm uh, Julian. Uh, Christina Julian. Yep. Yeah, that's Christina. That's the one. She's she's solid and she's definitely one to watch out for because she can skate coast to coast without batting an eyelid or even out of breath. And you just see her go powerhouse down the ice, and um, she's a very solid, very solid player. So she's definitely one to watch out for.
you said you're going to be trying to put them off their game and push them around and maybe get under their skin a little bit. Is that going to be a deliberate uh, effort on your part, given that Shanita Crompton sits on 28 penalty minutes and there's four ice players who have either as good or more penalty minutes? Sarah Dash, Nicole Jones, Riley Padgen and Crompton, uh, sorry, in uh, Steph Conlon for the ice. Is that where you think you can get them with just wearing them down with the extra power plays? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, you know, if you've got people that are taking penalties like that, then you obviously need to make sure you utilise the power play and things like that. And it's not so much going out there to get penalties, but, um, and it all depends on the refing. Like, sometimes the refing can be really up and down and you've got a ref that will call, that won't call anything and he'll he'll see it as an equal match and it's, part of the game but then you'll see people that will take like the slightest thing um, and give you a penalty for it so sometimes the refing um, is inconsistent I feel um, but yeah it really just depends on on the day the the traffic policeman versus the referee who left the whistle at home is always a is always a great debate and I'm guessing that uh, in terms of where the points are going to come from for the Adelaide rush on the ice whether it's goals or whether it's assists on the weekend would I be right in guessing that uh, all roads probably lead to Tash Farrier? Yeah, probably. I mean, I mean Sasha. To be quite honest, Sasha looks one of our imports. Um, she is incredible when she finds the net and she is really good at creating space and um, taking those opportunities when they come and like a little secret sniper she is. Um, I, you've got Tash, who's obviously very well known and absolutely amazing player. Um, where, yeah, Sa- Sasha and um, Tash for sure. Sasha Lutz, eight goals, 11 assists in 11 games for the Adelaide Rush. Tash Farrier, 16 goals and 12 assists in 12 games. So no secret there where the offense is going to come for the Adelaide Rush on Saturday afternoon at 5.30 Melbourne time when they face off against the Melbourne Ice. Kirsty Venus, very best of luck on the weekend and hopefully it all goes well for you to get through to a grand final. Fingers crossed. Thanks for your support. Kirsty Venus from the Adelaide Rush joining us on Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM. We've gone through game two, which will be at 5.30 Saturday afternoon Melbourne time at the O'Brien Ice House. The Adelaide Rush taking on the Melbourne Ice. We now turn our attention to game one. Up next, it will be the Perth Inferno who snuck in by the skin of their teeth on the back of rather controversial situation over that weekend outing against the Melbourne Ice and, of course, our own Sydney Sirens. We claim them as our own. They are the Sydney team. We'll be speaking with Nora McLean from the Inferno and Sarah Dodomachi from the Sydney Sirens up next here on Splinters. The 2019 Australian Ice Hockey League season has concluded with your All About Caring Sydney Bears winning it all. That doesn't mean it's all over for the year on the hockey front. Log on to bearsshop.com.au for all your Bears merchandise options. And stay tuned to Splinters and The Bench for updates coming out of the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League and the world's top competition, the National Hockey League. Sydney Bears, hear us roar. Sponsors of Triple H. Welcome back to Splinters on Triple H 100.1 FM, triplehfm.com.au or on podcast.com, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your good podcasts and plenty of dodgy, questionable ones as well. The Lord Mayor with you as we preview finals weekend in the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League. We've gone with Game 2, Adelaide versus Melbourne, and now we go to the big one, the one involving the Sydney Sirens. But before we get to the Sirens, there's another team playing in the game and they almost missed the finals until last weekend and they went through quite a story before the last weekend. Nora McLean from the Perth Inferno joins us. Good evening, Nora. Hi, how's it going? Well, I I think we're probably doing a little bit better in the relaxation stakes than what the Inferno were after, I don't know how to describe it, other than a complete disaster in terms of how you managed to beat the Melbourne Ice and then still only come away with a point for it because it seemed that the officials didn't know the rules on the day. Yeah, there was quite a mix-up. So the rest went into uh, three-on-three overtime, but the rules say they were supposed to go into a shootout. 
So after some deliberation, the committee and the AWIHL decided that they were going to stop the game where the rules stopped, and that ended in the um, regulation time. So it ended up being a tie. It's unfortunate we got stripped of a couple points, but, you know, we went into the weekend against Brisbane regardless of winning or tying that game against Melbourne. We knew we had to beat Brisbane in both games. Was that something that gave you a little bit extra focus and a little bit extra motivation to really get the result against the Brisbane Goannas because of the situation that unfolded so close to the weekend as well. I can remember speaking about it on the bench and it was only a few hours before we went to air that the statement was put out by the league or did you get an inkling before that? Um, we had heard some rumours that they were in discussion of whether or not they were going to take the win away from us. And then when we found out that they did, it kind of made things a little more tricky for us because, like I said, we knew we had to win both games. So every, you know, Saturday's game was a do or die. And then even when we won Saturday, we went to Sunday with the same mentality, do or die. So it was tough to get those points stripped. But now we know going into playoffs that we can beat any team that we play as long as we put our best effort out on the ice. And as you say, you can beat any team that you play and you really did do a job last weekend, I should say the weekend before last, against the Brisbane Goannas when they went over to Perth. A 4-1 result on the Saturday. Okay, you can expect a a good result there, 4-1. But then on the Sunday, 9-1, you just absolutely dismantled the the poor Goannas. Yeah, I mean, even on Saturday, we... The score didn't reflect how well we played as a team. We had so many chances, so many breakaways that, you know, we just couldn't quite put the puck in the back of the net. And I think it came into our favor on Sunday when we started putting the puck in the net and some people were, you know, uh, getting that chip off their shoulder and, you know, proving to the league that we're here and we're going to go into playoffs and we're going to, you know, do our best. And that puts you into the finals against the Sydney Sirens. The... Minor Premiers, the team that were runners-up last season, what are you expecting out of the Sirens? Do you expect them to come out all guns blazing and try and basically blast you off the ice with goal after goal? Or do you think they're going to try and get under your skin and niggle a bit? Because we know that uh, Splinters and bench favourite Chloe Walker, she's not shy in coming forward when it comes to giving a little bit of lip on the ice. (laughs) Yeah, you know, there's a couple of those girls in the league, but, you know, sometimes it makes the game a little interesting. But, you know, playoffs... And finals are a completely different game. You know, no matter the league, no matter the situation, you go into playoffs with a completely different mentality as you had in the normal season. So it should be interesting. But looking back from the last time we played Sydney, you know, we we kept them on the edge. We were winning at one point. We ended up losing 10-9. to 9. You know, not many hockey games you see with scores that high. But we know that we can keep up with them. So we're going to go into that game with the mentality that we know we can win as long as we play our best. Especially given that the Sydney Sirens have league-leading goaltender Tina Girdler in the ranks, saving at well over 900 at the moment. There's only two goalies in the league who are saving it better than 900. One place for the Sirens in Tina Girdler, the other place for the Melbourne Ice in Michaela Pearce. What do you think is the secret to getting the puck past if you do happen to t- come up against Tina Girdler in the semi-final? Where, where do you think your goals are going to come from? Moving the Sirens around or do you think you need traffic in front of the net? Um, I think traffic in front of the net is going to be huge. We've been working on that actually the last couple of weeks. And I think it's super important just to, you know, fire shots on net. Don't stop shooting. If you're in the lane, take shot. Don't make that extra move. That's something that, you know, I personally and as a team, I think we struggle with this season is just getting the puck on net. And every time that we do, you know, shoot the puck, good things happen. And you never know, you know. The more shots you get, the more chance that it might go in. Well, that's not a bad little segue in terms of shooting the puck on net, always trying to shoot, because looking at the special teams at the moment, you've got a league-leading power play of 27.6%. Those numbers are almost unheard of. That is absolutely insane. What's the secret to your power play at the moment? Um, A lot of communication. You know, all five of us, whoever's on the power play at the moment, we are always talking during practice. We're always talking before we go out um, onto the ice, the power play, what we want to do, you know, making plays and moving the puck. So it's really just a matter of, you know, finding those lanes and getting the puck on net and, you know, finding the rebounds. And it, it all comes together, you know, pretty well, as you can tell with the stats. But 
it definitely comes down to communication with each other. And then on the flip side of the power play is the penalty kill. You're right in the middle of the league on the penalty kill, up against the Sirens, who have the second-best power play behind you, lagging quite away, as a matter of fact, 22.9%, which is still a pretty heavy-duty power play. But with that penalty kill in the middle of the road, how much are you looking at trying to tighten things up there? Is it a communication thing, or is it just trying to make sure that you're in the right position and not get caught out by teams moving the puck around? Yeah, definitely, you know, trying to stay in the right position and not chasing the puck too much in the D zone. You know, you got to keep that um, keep that positioning. you got to stay in lanes. And if we're chasing the puck, then it gives them that chance to move that puck quicker. And if they, you know, find that lane if we're out of position, then ultimately it, you know, might not end well for us. But definitely just staying in position and, you know, reading the play in the defensive zone during the penalty kill. Then on the other side of that, again, going back to the offense, what's it like at the moment? Where do you see yourself in terms of your role on the team? Because at the moment, you're the points leader, 13 goals, 10 assists through the 12 games, just ahead of Michelle Clark-Crumpton on 21 points, 10 goals, 11 assists through 12 games, and Elizabeth Scala. So there's, there's some real scoring impact there. Are you looking to play on the same line as those girls, or do you try and split it up across the ice evenly? Um, we've been trying to split it up. Elizabeth and um, Michelle have actually been playing really well together. You know, I don't know if you noticed in the points from the game on Sunday is mm. you know Biz got four points or four goals. Michelle got three. Those two were just dishing it back and forth to each other the whole game, and it was awesome to see. I think those floodgates have finally opened for them, and I really hope that it can carry on into the playoffs. Is that where you're going to try and look to send the puck? Because, with all due respect to the Brisbane Goannas, the Sydney Sirens are a completely different prospect to be facing against them. And you, as you say, you showed on the opening weekend that you could go with the Sirens in that 10-9 result. Are you looking to try and make them the focal point? Or do you think there's going to be a bit more focus on you with the puck? Um, I think it's going to be an overall team effort. You know, we have two really strong lines right now. And I think both lines have been clicking. This is probably the best our lines have clicked all season and it's really exciting to see so I think that it's going to be a team effort it's not going to be an individual effort it's going to take everybody on the ice you know at every moment it's not just going to be focusing on one or two people and with that team effort obviously it's going to be a team effort as you say to try and shut down the sirens because they have of the top five scorers in the league they have three in Shana Godfrey 22 points through 12 games Kayla Nielsen and Nadine Edney though have combined for an astronomical 61 points through the 12 games how do you look to shut them down because they're both scored 17 goals each that is a lethal duo to be coming up against um, yeah, we definitely are going to need to spot them when they're out on the ice and shut them down. It's, that's, you know, not a question. So it's just a matter of um, knowing when they're out on the ice and, you know, knowing how to play against them, knowing how to keep them wide because we know that one of their strong suits is, you know, taking the puck end to end. So it's a matter of holding the middle and keeping them to the outside and not letting them cut into the net. And, you know, they're really good at driving the net and, you know, shoving those pucks in the back of the net. Is that going to be a bit of your defensive strategy, I suppose, with puck in hand, if you do need to dump it from the red line, dumping it into the corners rather than trying to have it sit in behind the net so that the sirens can come up through the middle? Yeah, I think one of our strong suits um, when we do do it is that we get the puck deep and we attack. And, you know, sometimes we struggle with carrying that puck over the blue line and, you know, turnovers in the neutral zone. So... Definitely keeping the puck off their sticks by getting the puck deep and getting on it and keeping the attack will be one of our better strategies and keeping the pucks, you know, away from those better players so they can't, you know, beat our entire team going from end to end. Obviously, that situation, trying to shut down the middle and then try and lock them up in the neutral zone is going to be the impact. But do you anticipate that you'll be playing a bit more of a dump and chase game or do you think you'll be taking the game to them, really trying to take them on face-to-face or wait for the game to come to you and then try and play the shutdown role? I think the goal is to take the game to them and, you know, match their play. I don't anticipate us taking it easy at all and letting them come at us because we really want to get on them and try our best to get that early lead to show them you know we're here to play we're not here to just sit back and watch well you certainly showed that on the weekend putting nine goals on the Brisbane Goannas who unfortunately they didn't make the finals and they got shown up in the last round of the season in terms of your place on the 
on the ice in the playoffs at the moment, given the sort of season you've had. Do you, do you think that there might be a little bit of an opportunity to catch the sirens unawares because you were in a in a scrap down the bottom of the ladder to make that final spot? Yeah, I think that some of the teams in the league might look down on us a little bit um, with the season that we've had. You know, we clearly only came out with two wins. We didn't win a single game until this past weekend. And I wouldn't be surprised if they looked down on us. But honestly, that might be an advantage for us. If they take us lightly, then, you know, I don't think that they should get because I think that we're going to come out guns blazing and it's going to be a really fun weekend. It certainly is going to be a fun weekend. And we can guarantee that we're going to see you in action both days, regardless of the result, because of the third place playoff. But the Perth Inferno will be up against the Sydney Sirens in the first game at the O'Brien Ice House on Saturday. It's going to be 3 p.m. puck drop Eastern Daylight Time, midday puck drop Western Standard Time. Nora McLean, best of luck on the weekend, and thank you for joining us this evening. Thank you so much for having me. And then there was one. We've spoken about the Melbourne Ice versus the Adelaide Rush. We've touched on the Perth Inferno, and now we come to the minor premiers. Perhaps a little bit surprising to me, minor premiers, after what was going to be almost a fait accompli going into the last round, but goaltender extraordinaire from the Sydney Sirens, Sarah Dottomarchi, joins us now. Sarah, good evening. Welcome back to Splinters. Thank you so much for having me again. What sort of shock waves, I suppose, is probably the best way to put it. Went through the team when you discovered that you finished top because, with all due respect to the Melbourne Ice, it was, it looked like the Adelaide Rush were at least going to take half the points on offer available last weekend. Yeah, I mean, at the start of the season um, when we initially spoke I said it's going to be the most competitive season that we've ever had. Um, so, I wouldn't say it was so much of a shock. It was it was a nice little surprise <laughs> to finish on top. Um, I think people were kind of hoping, or well, Adelaide at least, were hoping to, to finish on top. But for it all to come down to the last round of games to secure positions was, well, it just shows that it was the most competitive season. Particularly when you've got the Melbourne Ice who were sitting in third, and we heard from them a little earlier on with Nicole Jones saying that they weren't necessarily disappointed with the way the season panned out because there's so much turnover with players. But nonetheless, having the defending champs finish third in the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League isn't overly common. And then for you guys to be able to keep that standard up, you must have been really pleased with the way the season, regular season at least, panned out. Yeah, absolutely. It meant everyone had to be working hard all the time and then just different clashes with life and U18 worlds and people being available, not available, injuries and whatnot just meant that um, everyone had to restructure a little bit just to get the maximum performance out. Um, I think Brisbane probably suffered the most from that, even though it you know came down to who gets sports, is it Brisbane or Perth? Um, I think just the timing of things um, probably hurt Brisbane the most in their last round if they actually had all their players there. Um, it could have been a different story, but then Perth are just relentless. They don't give up until that final whistle as well. You also had the difficult situation for Brisbane playing two games in significantly different time zones. I mean, you can speak about, yeah, it's only an hour, but Brisbane conditions into Sydney conditions and then that long trip to Perth, that really would have taken it out of them given that it was coming off the back of that Christmas break. Yeah, absolutely, and I'd say that's partly why they flew in on the Friday so they could get um, a little bit of rest in before they play, but they also were short on players, so they were using local players to fill in. Um, you know, they were, with Taylor being away at Worlds, they were relying on Emmy for both games, and then Emmy got injured in the second game, and Keisha Atkins steps up to, to finish off that game for them. So, you know, it was good of the league to, to allow Brisbane to, to borrow some of the local Perth players just so they could still compete, but... Um, unfortunately for Brisbane, things didn't go their way, which which is a shame. But, you know, good on Perth getting um, a couple of regulation wins in the final round. Do you think there's any sort of credibility to calls because the World Championships can impact in that way for the finals or the season to be structured in such a way as to make sure that all players are available? Because it seems a little bit unfair that some players depart and others don't and some teams are affected more than others. Yeah, so, I mean, originally the point of sort of having this league, it's a requirement from the IIHF if Australia wants to participate in the World Championships. They need to have a 14-game domestic season. So that's what the A-Dub, that's the purpose of it, that's what it serves. 
Um, so it always we wait until around May every year at the IHF Congress, and that's when it's announced who's playing where and what time of year. And then the ADUB, they figure they go backwards from that. So when is World? When are we going to have training camp? And then they work the league backwards from that. So this year, with the tournament being earlier than normal, it's the end of February. So that's why we had to have a very condensed season. Um, and then UA Team World being in January every year, or I think it's almost every year it's around then, I'm trying to accommodate for those girls as well. It just gets a little bit trickier. So it's a shame. I mean, we had, um, with the sirens, we had a fair few people affected. So Remy and I were away as a coach, and then we had a number of the girls on the team as well. Um, this year it just affects uh, Remy. She's over there as a coach. And then Ebony. Um, so I guess we were a little bit lucky in that sense, um, but other teams not so much. So uh, it would be good if the league could be structured around the UA teams and the senior women, but um, yeah, it really depends on what uh, the senior women's schedule is going to look like in their lead up to Worlds. We move from the Worlds back to the A-Dub, as you call it, the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League Finals weekend coming up this weekend. The Melbourne Ice, as mentioned, facing the Adelaide Rush. Given the sort of form that the Ice have been in, three regulation wins and what turned out to be an overtime loss, in quotation marks. We're not going to go there. We've already covered that off in their last (laughs) four games. Are you almost breathing a sigh of relief that Melbourne isn't the opponent, because it seems that of the four teams in the final series this weekend, Melbourne's probably the one riding the hot streak at the moment. Yeah, it seems that way, and they're they're always dominant. So you know, it starts from the back. They've got great goaltending. Um, they've got an excellent defensive structure, so it's hard to even get to the goalie. Um, and then they've got solid forwards that know how to put the puck in the back of the net. So all around, they're a strong team. Um, the other teams have. I guess, weaknesses here and there as well. Um, But, you know, when you've got someone like um, Tash and Averson on Adelaide who know how to put away goals, um, you know, we we need to work on our defensive structure to not let them in. So um, I guess it's just knowing what every team's strengths and weaknesses are. Um, Not having to play Melbourne in the semifinal is, I guess, a bonus for us because essentially they're in front of the home crowd so they get that extra boost so um, if we play them in the grand final then that's going to be exciting as well but um, in terms of home crowd advantage I think I'd rather play Adelaide in the final. What do you see as the bigger benefit because Melbourne by virtue of finishing third they are designated as the quote unquote road team so therefore they have first change rather than the last change and Adelaide can decide what matchups are going to be used. Do you think the crowd plays a bigger role than the final matchup or the, or the final change I should say or do you think being able to choose the matchup is going to determine the outcome of the games? Um, I think just psychologically um, it's going to be who's got the home crowd advantage. Um, we know when we travelled to Melbourne and we played against them that was probably the noisiest crowd we faced um, and as Eric likes to call on the live stream 300 amateur referees um, yeah I guess it really depends how many other people are travelling from interstate like I, I know my family is going to be there um, so my focus will be on them um, but yeah I, I tend to block out all that kind of stuff that, that goes on in the background and just focus on sort of what's inside the rink Perth Inferno, they, I wouldn't say necessarily stumbled into the playoffs, but they certainly had a task in front of them when the league, as we've touched upon before, decided to take that point off them because of the overtime result rather than the shootout result. With that sort of momentum behind them, getting those two wins against the Brisbane Goannas last weekend, even though, as you say, Brisbane were rather short-staffed on that occasion, do you think that gives the Perth Inferno a bit of a boost in terms of form, or do you think it's more a confidence boost for them? Um, I think it's going to be both. Um, as I said before, they, they're absolutely relentless. Um, keep digging for the park. They don't give up. They will skate end-to-end. They'll, they'll do whatever it takes, so... Um, just having, I guess, that kind of tenacity in them. If they keep pushing that forward, then very well, they, you know, well, I, I don't want to say it. We're not going to lose to them, but that's not guaranteed. We're not going to be walking all over them either. At the end of the day, that was where your season started. Was the home game, the double home, the double header at home. I'll get that right in a moment. The double header at home <laughs> against the Perth Inferno. 
What have you learnt since that opening weekend in terms of how to defend? Because that opening game was, um, it was a bit of a dog's breakfast, wasn't it? <laughs> no kidding. Um, I know for me, I need to be stronger on my post. So a lot of those girls' goals were multiple rebounds. Like it was the third, fourth rebound that went in. Um, so one is the D's tying up in the slot, um, you know, just not letting people actually touch the puck, which would give me a little bit, would make it easier for me to actually jump on it. Um, but also for me, just to be, just to position myself a little bit differently to make it easier and, and to not allow those rebound chances to even occur. And where else do you think that you might be able to take the Perth Inferno? Because their special teams statistics are quite surprising given where they finished on the standings. They're very, very strong on both the power play and the PK. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's um, it's something that I think uh, well every team can improve on. But I know with us, we we could always do better on with that. So that's, we've got two practices to go in the season. So. Um, I know defensively is something that we have been sort of focusing on a little bit. Um, yeah, I think on the day, if we do all the things we should be doing, it'll all come together and we will be unstoppable. Where do you see the game being won? Do you see it as more of a an opportunity to shut down Perth and then try and get them on the counter or try and pin them down their own end with a bit of a dump and run? Or are you looking to take the game to them? Um, to be completely honest, and I have a lot of respect for goalies, um, but with having Sasha and Sydney both as rookies in the league, bringing them to the final stage, neither of them have that experience in the A-dub. Um, so I think that's going to be the difference maker. Now, whether if it's um, me or Tina that's in net, we've, we've been there before. Like I've, I've been there a few times before. So um, it's going to come down to the mental game and essentially who scores the most goals against is that going to be then a case of as long as there is any sort of opportunity to shoot, whether there's a lane or not, just send it on net and see if you can catch them off guard? Or are you going to be looking to really try and move the defence around and therefore get those goalies trying to move between post and post? Yeah, it's just going to be the smart plays. It's, uh, it's not going to be individual efforts. It's going to be um, just working as a team um, from the back end. So, you know, breaking out as a team, getting through the neutral zone as a team, um, in the offensive zone, just creating those opportunities. It's, I don't see it as being um, a whole lot of breakaway goals at either end. I think it's going to be just, you know, teamwork makes a dream work, right? Um, and I think whoever does that best on the day, they're the ones that are going to come out on top. Well, you speak of teamwork, but at the end of the day, looking at the scorers list, you've got the top two scorers in the league and... It's not really that close between the really top three or four scorers and the rest. So how much are you going to rely on your top two scorers? Well, the beauty of them being on the same line, but also have been playing together for the last four years. So um, both Dini and Kayla know each other very well. They know where to be on the ice. They know where each other, you know, who's who's going to be where to make the pass or to take the shot um, to set each other up. So... I think we are very fortunate to have them both on the team, but we also, um, I think in, in the top 10, we have a few more sirens up in there as well. So um, even if uh, that line doesn't put all the pucks away, um, I'm sure the other lines can be just as effective as well. Has there been any discussion between you and Tina about who's going to be starting which game or if one of you is going to be starting both or what's the plan there? I um, don't know. Won't find out till next week. Oh, so <laughs> not discussions that we've had with the coaches. We we don't find out until the last practice before each round. So I imagine that's going to be the same thing for finals. Obviously, there's a desire there, if it was to be a split start as it has been throughout the season, that you'd rather play in the grand final. But then again, would you prefer to play the first game just to know that the team made the grand final, even if in the back of your mind there was the chance that because you're playing first, you might not play second. Um, if it were up to me, I would play all the games throughout the whole season, <laughs> but I don't get that option. So I think, it, yeah, I don't know. It just depends. Um, it's not my call to make. I'm, this is not me making the coach's call. So it, it depends what they want to do, what they think is best for the team. So that's a decision I'm staying out of. Well, we won't tempt fate and the wrath of whatever sits high atop the thing by asking who you'd prefer to play in the grand final if you made it. So instead, we'll ask, who do you think goes in as favourite, Melbourne or Adelaide? 
Uh, it's a it's a really tough one. Um, I think the reigning champions um, and the home crowd is going to favour Melbourne a little bit more. Um, but how Adelaide has been performing, um, yeah, just how they've been this year. You know, for last last season, not to have even made it to the playoffs, even though they hosted it. I think they could be hungrier. So it's uh, yeah, I I honestly could not tell. It's Let's just wait and see what the semi-final comes up with. Well, we're certainly looking forward to it. It's going to be an absolute belter of a Saturday. And then we are hoping to see you in the late game on the Sunday. Of course, the grand final starting at 5.30 Melbourne time. Sarah Doramachi from the Sydney Sirens. Thank you so much for joining us and good luck this weekend. Thank you so much. Sarah Doramachi from the Sydney Sirens. It's going to be a bumper weekend of Australian Women's Ice Hockey League action from the O'Brien Ice House in Melbourne. 3 p.m. Saturday, Melbourne, well, Eastern Daylight Time, 3 p.m. Saturday, the Sydney Sirens and the Perth Inferno, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, the Melbourne Ice and the Adelaide Rush, and then the Grand Final and the Third Place Playoff on Sunday. Sunday, 3 p.m., the Third Place Playoff, and 5.30 p.m. Sunday, Eastern Daylight Time, the Grand Final, which we certainly hope will feature the Sydney Sirens. That brings us to the conclusion of another great edition of Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, triplehfm.com.au and on a plethora of podcast sites. We are getting into February now, which means it is Rugby League preview time and Tony Dawson will have all the Rugby League previews in the New South Wales Rugby League starting next week. For now, from the Lord Mayor, it's bye-bye. (laughs) 